I want to welcome you tonight. Um, this is a time we love. At the beginning of the year, our church has been in a 21-day fast and trusting God that he's going to do something powerful. I just want to make a few just uh, announcements for you. If you're first time here, uh, if you go out the store to the left over here, there's men's and women's restrooms. If they're uh, full, you can get down to the end of the hall. And to the right, there's some restrooms down there as well. Uh, we're going to ask that uh, uh, this evening, if you have a cell phone, uh, if you put it on mute or airplane mode just so it doesn't distract anyone. Uh, and then if you didn't sign up for a prophetic prayer appointment, we have a lot of those available tomorrow. We're not doing any this evening. Uh, tonight's just going to be a night of seeking the presence of the Lord. Uh, but we have a lot tomorrow. So if you haven't signed up, uh, you can sign up afterwards do that. We're also going to be celebrating communion this evening, so if you didn't get communion, raise your hand and someone will pass out the elements to you. Uh, and then one other thing is uh, um, just, you know, we're in a county that's very hyper-COVID aware, um, and so we're going to kind of try to do the follow the guidelines that the county suggests. And one of the things we decided to be really easy to do is just you could camp out the same places you're at tonight, tomorrow. So if you want to leave anything in your seats, it's going to, the building's going to be secure. You can leave it. Uh, also, we're going to have a time later where there's going to be prayer time. You're going to be able to come up, and you may come up. And underneath the front pews, there's several uh, baskets of these. If you want to lay before the Lord, uh, you can grab one of these. I don't know if we'll have enough for everyone. Uh, but if we do, you can, you can just grab one. And then wherever you're sitting tomorrow, just lay that over the back of your, your chair, your pew. Keep it there, and then you can use it again tomorrow. So uh, I'm excited. This is I don't know about you, but God is, we had a baptism in the Holy Spirit retreat last weekend, and it was just a powerful time. Uh, God, God wants to do something in your life tonight. Yes. You know, the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to set you free. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower you with the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead Amen. is going to live in you. That's right. And so we really believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the reason we do this conference every year is because we want to start the new year off seeking the Lord. The Lord says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you'll do what? You'll find me. And that's our prayer. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you this evening, Lord, at the very first night of this event, Lord. And we just ask and pray that your Holy Spirit would just have his will and have his way in each of our lives. Father, I pray if any of us come with things that are blocking or things that are keeping us from you, that, Lord, we would just lay those at the foot of the cross. Lord, let us know how much you love us and care for us. Father, we ask and pray that the Holy Spirit would just have his way in each of our lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we open the, the, the portals of heaven, that your spirit can flow through this place. I pray that the, uh, the worship would be anointed, Lord, and it not just be about instrumentation and music, but, Lord, it would be about ushering in your presence, O oh God. May it be something that, Lord, releases the, the, the sweet uh, aroma and flavor of heaven in each of our lives. May the spirit that breathed life into us, Lord, that knit us together in our mother's womb be released over us, God, so that we could be the men and women that you have destined us to be, O oh God. May we flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit like we've never flowed before. God, I pray that there be a, this evening there be breaking off of strongholds over people. There be breaking off of addictions over people. There be breaking off of mindsets over people, God that your Holy Spirit would move in such a powerful way that, God, we would not be the same person as when we walked in the doors this evening. That, God, we would go out, Lord, with 
like, God, we would want with power and anointing and, and the presence that we've never known of you before, God. So, Lord, this evening, we just, we give you permission, Lord, to invade our space. Yes. We give you permission, Lord, to invade our lives. Yeah. God, turn to the person oh, next yeah. to you and say, I release the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit over you. Now turn the other way and say, I release the Spirit of God over you. Lord, we release your presence in this place, God. Move among your sons and daughters, God. Move among your sons and daughters, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Stand with us as we worship this evening. Feel free to come to the altars. The Lord is here. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your life. There is no rival that could ever stand against your mind. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, you've already won. Hey! There is no Faith. 
we're stuck. You know what I mean? So we're gonna shake it off. We're gonna dance it off right now. Despair, disappointment, chains, it's all gonna go. But you gotta believe it. So as we sing, let these not just be words that we're singing with our mouths. Let us step into it. Let's step into faith. Let's step into the belief that no matter what fear I have, he's greater. He's greater. No matter what situation you're in or you've been in, he's greater. Amen? So all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. I will dance out of faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. I will dance out of faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. Show me one thing you can't do. Show me a mountain you can't move. He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. Show me, show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters you can't part. He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. It's possible. our fear. We're going to turn it into praise. Sing it with me. So all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance. I will dance out of faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear I will turn Let's into go. praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in praise. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. Show me one thing you can't do. Show me a mountain you can't move. He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. So show me. Show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters you can't part. He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible. So show me, show me one thing you can't 
of our faith. We allow our faith to be expressed through our bodies, through our mouths, through our voices. It doesn't matter what you sound like. It doesn't matter what you look like because the King of Kings is here today. The Holy Spirit is here right now. And He's wanting to flood your mind with hope, resurrection hope, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside you. So fear has to go, but you know what? We can invite it back. And we can hold on to it, because we're so used to it. We don't know what it's like sometimes to not have that fear in us, not have that doubt in us. But guess what, today's the day, tonight's the night, now is the time. God, we're willing, we're willing, we're willing, we're willing to dance out our faith, God, and to proclaim awesome. your name over every single fear that comes and, and tries to take us over in our minds, Father God. That fear that's so familiar, God, we're gonna say bye. Goodbye. Sing this out. It's not just a song. This is a declaration right now. Because what you say, what you mean, it matters. This matters right now, right here, right now. So all of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. 
You're struggling with distraction. You're just struggling with confusion. You're struggling with doubt right now. You're even maybe struggling with a little anxiety and fear right now. And the Lord is saying, I want you to know in your weakness, my glory appears. Amen. Now, what we're going right. to do right now, if that's you, I'm just saying this is a word of knowledge. But if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Don't ever be ashamed. Raise your hand right now. Okay. Those of you around the people, raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Don't be ashamed because you know what? The Lord is going to do something over you right now. Now, those of you that aren't, I want you to touch people. I want you to go around and, and just lay hands on the people because right now we're going to proclaim this song over you. We're going to proclaim that not for a minute have you ever been forsaken. The Lord is in this place. Right now, the Holy Spirit is here. He's in this place. He's in this place to move. He's in this place to free. He's in this place to reveal. Right now, he's in this place. And we break off those distractions. We break off the spirit of confusion. We break off the spirit of fear. Right now, we declare and decree over you right now. We take captive the thoughts that the enemy is trying to send your way. Because God's glory, God's glory, God's glory is going to appear in your weakness right now. The glory of God, His manifest presence. Lord, we ask you, release it, Father. 
Father. In your name, release it, Father. In your name, release it, Father. We break off the dryness. We break off that, that, that which the enemy's trying to do to convince you that you can't receive from God right now. for church we're not here for a service what I mean by that we are the church but we're not pretending anything we're not we're not we don't want to have any sort of mask up we don't want to feel like we can't be who we really are we're going to lay it all down tonight we're going to be vulnerable before the Lord we're going to be vulnerable before one another some of us walk around with bondages some of us walk around with things in our past that captivate our minds and create fear and create bondage in us and the Lord is saying not for a minute why are you forsaken I am with you I am in this place but will you let me go to that place with you the fact is this you have not let him go to that place with you that's why you're struggling with that place because you have not let him go with you to that place and tonight the Lord is saying I want to go with you to that place that place where you cry your tears about that place that that memory tortures you that place where you have a spirit of fear that's been opened up as a result of it the Lord's saying not for a minute were you forsaken it's the enemy that told you you were forsaken it's the enemy that told you I wasn't there but the truth is this I was there and I am there and I want to heal you I want to free you you will not be haunted anymore you will not be you will not be accused anymore you because the Lord is in this place Holy Spirit you're in this place Holy Spirit you're in this place Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for it all. Jesus paid for it all. He paid for your freedom. He paid for your deliverance. He paid for your healing. He paid that you would walk without bondage. He paid that you would have life and life abundantly. He paid that you would have peace. He paid that 
you would have rest. He paid that you would have sleep. He paid that you would have everything that Christ promised you. He paid for it. Come on, let's get real. Let's get real. We did not come to this place to leave it the same way we came in. I didn't come to this place to leave this place the same way I came in. It's time for us. Come on, break it off of us. Come on, let's get real with God right now. Come on. Was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. to reveal to you his supremacy over everything that comes against you everything that has ever come against you he is supreme over that in other words there is no power equal to him there is nothing that can hold you bound that Jesus hasn't set you free from in other words there's no 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 principality no power no addiction no memory no no abuse you name it the fact is this he is supreme his blood paid for it his blood paid for it but he's asking you do you believe it do you believe it see the fact is this the enemy wants to keep you captive to the script uh, his script the script of the world that you can't overcome it that you can't be free from it that you can't be released from it whatever it may be that's the enemy's script that's all he can do is tell you but don't you dare to agree with him but agree with what jesus did because his blood speaks a better word his blood speaks a better word his blood speaks a better word over you do you hear me i mean i'm tired of christians saying it but not living it not meaning it not applying it he gave his life for you he poured out Amen. his blood for you so that you can walk in power you can walk in authority you can stop on the devil's head you can do it because he paid for it his blood speaks up I'm 
forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this You know what, those of you that are saying, you know, I'm one of those that have been struggling with confusion and like a battle, almost like a tension in my head. You know what that is, is that there's two thoughts going on in you and the spirit is trying to, to break through and to captivate your mind, the Holy Spirit, because you have had the, the world's interpretation of your situation. And the Lord is saying, I want you to declare that my blood speaks a better word over you. Amen. I want not, not I've right. declared it over you, but I want you to declare it. Yes. I want you to say it. I want you to shout it. Your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better word over me. Your blood speaks a better word over me. Your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better word. Yes. Over me. Over me. The principalities and authorities, he canceled their power over you through the cross. The only thing, you can allow it, but you don't have to allow it. Do you hear me? See, what happens is, is we start believing the wrong thing. And the Lord is saying, don't you realize, don't you remember what Jesus did? That he made a public spectacle of the principalities and authorities because of his blood. Because his blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a Come better on. word. Oh, your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better word. Yes. Your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better word. I believe it. I believe it. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better word. I believe. I believe. I believe. Oh. Your blood speaks a better word. Your blood speaks a better. And I receive it, and I receive it, and I receive it.
do. See, we're singing about Jesus here. We adore you, Jesus. My adoration, my devotion, my adoration, my devotion to you, Jesus. What we're going to do is I want you to grab your communion. I don't want you to be seated. I want you, we're not going to do some, we're not doing a formal communion service right now. What we're doing is my affection my devotion poured out on the feet of jesus my affection see what we're going to do when we take this communion we remember what he did Amen. and how we can live because of what he did So what I want you to do is I want you to take some time right now. We're not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. You have nothing better to do than to pour out your devotion and affection on Jesus. Jesus is here. I'm not going to talk about him like he's not here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. I want you to just take a time right now between you and him between you and him and i want you to take time to just pour out your affection and devotion on jesus and as you do that the worship team is going to be playing softly i want you to take communion this is personal between you and him his blood poured out for you. His body broken for you. For healing. His blood poured out for you. For your salvation. His resurrection. So that you have overcoming power in your life. My devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. My affection, my devotion, poured out between you and him. on the feet of Jesus. My affection, Jesus. my devotion, poured out on the Your feet of word. Jesus. By your stripes, I am healed. Some of you need to proclaim that right now as you're taking communion. You need to proclaim, by his stripes, I am healed.
play now, just instruments. Let's just give. the blood. Thank him for his body being broken. Thank him for the work on the cross. Pour out your adoration. Now use your own words right now. Pour out your adoration on Jesus, Lord. We love you, Jesus. tells us that instruments prophesy so the thing is this we're gonna let the instruments prophesy over you right now come on instrumentalist come on just prophesy right now prophesy with your instrument so you're gonna prophesy over you right now as you're taking the, the bread as you're drinking from the cup the instruments are prophesying over you you say well what does that mean you may not know what it means in the physical but in the spiritual there are stuff coming down 
there is a word going over you. It's a word of worship, a word of praise, a word of breakthrough going over you. Come on. Come on, instruments, do it. Come on. Come on, bring it forth. Bring it forth. Bring it forth. Come on. Bring it forth. Bring it forth. Bring it forth. Presence of the Lord. Presence of the Lord. Presence of the Lord. Come on, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. are playing. The healing power of the Holy Spirit is going through this place. Healing flow, healing flow, healing flow, healing flow.
what you have for our lives it's not about the person next to us it's about who we are our relationship to you what you have to say to us and so Lord we want to open up our ears to hear your voice in this moment because you have a word for me you have a word for each person here. And not only that, you have something that you want to change in us, Lord. So, Lord, we're going to receive your word tonight. And we're going to not just receive it by just being a hearer, but we're going to be a doer. We're going to act on your word tonight. In your precious name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. I'm up here. I usually I'm down there. I prefer to be down there. But the reason why is because we want to keep the lights a little bit lower. And for the sake of the, the cameras, they can't see me when I'm down there. So that's why I'm doing this for the sake of the online audience. So, you know what? But it's kind of symbolic to tell you the truth because I believe God wants everybody to go into a new dimension with him. And that means we have to get vulnerable to do new things. Amen. Too many um, Christians get stagnant, stagnant. You know, Pastor David, could you close, unless we have to keep, do we have to keep this open? Michael, do it. I'm just going to close it in case so that there's no distractions. I don't want any distractions tonight. I'm just going to, like, I, I, I don't care if we're all refined. Do you know what I mean? I don't care about that. I care about what the Holy Spirit has to get to you. I'm a messenger, and sometimes it's messy. It's, it can be a messy thing, but the, the goal is to whatever heaven wants for you tonight, you're going to receive. That's it. That's the goal. That's my goal for you. I'm only a translator. That's all I am. I'm a translator of listening to what the Spirit is saying and then getting it to you as quick as possible so that you can respond. That's how... Um, I feel after all these years in ministry, that's what I want to see happen. I want you to have an encounter with the Lord 
and to leave changed, but mostly closer to Jesus and free and full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've been talking to my team, and it's been in my spirit a long time about something called the threshing floor in Scripture. And in Scripture, the threshing floor is a place where people uh, experience God, where people are cleansed by God, where people are find greater intimacy with God, where people experience the glory of God, where people are baptized in his Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to show you that in Scripture because it may sound strange to you. You may never have heard of something like this, but I'm going to show you in Scripture about the threshing floor. Now, I want to put up the PowerPoint because I want to tell you what a threshing floor is. Some of you may not know, but a threshing floor is where the chaff would be loosened from grains after harvest. So you would have the grain and that you would have the chaff. Do we not have a PowerPoint up here? Because I'm going to go through the description here. And it says, it just listen, and when they get up, we'll, you'll catch on here. In biblical days, there were no machinery. So after the harvest, the grain was separated from the straw and husks by beating it manually. First, there had to be a flat surface that was smooth and hard, and this was known as the threshing floor. The process of threshing was performed generally by spreading the sheaves on the threshing floor and causing oxen and cattle to tread repeatedly over them, loosening the edible part of the cereal grain or the other crop from the scaly, inedible chaff that surrounds it. On occasion, flails or sticks were used for this purpose. Then winnowing forks were used to throw the mixture in the air so the wind could blow away the chaff, leaving only the good grain on the floor. Now, what is this saying? This is the place where the chaff is removed. That which is garbage, not useful, is removed from the grain. That's what the threshing floor is about. And I'm going to say, this is kind of a prophetic word, that tonight we're on God's threshing floor. Every last one of you are on God's threshing floor. And we're going to allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to separate from our lives the stuff that doesn't belong there. The chaff, the stuff that is useless to us. That's what we're going to do tonight. Okay? We can jump around all we want, but you know what? We need to have transformation so that when we leave here, we walk in power and authority. But we can't do that with chaff in our lives. So scripture shows, uh, tells us about the threshing floor. And I'm going to go through this quickly because I've got a lot to say. But you know what? If the Holy Spirit stops me and we go into time of altar, we'll do that too. Because I'm, I'm up for whatever he has. But the, the first uh, place, not necessarily the first place to the threshing floor was mentioned in Scripture, but the first place I want to mention it, and I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to lead, is where when David, when King David went to the threshing floor. Now, David in 1 Chronicles 21 tells us the story. King David has been the king for a long time, and he has become proud. And it shows forth in, in the counting. He has a census of the people. And God is not happy with King David for this census because God knows David's heart. And David's heart 
is starting to depend on his success and the blessings of God rather than on God. So God is correcting David, and what happens is there are, there's a plague that is sent to the people of Israel, and 70,000 people die because God is disciplining King David. When it comes to the scripture in 1 Chronicles 21, 18, verse 26, this is the point of David's repentance before the Lord. Then the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. The Lord sent David to the threshing floor. He sent him there because that was going to be the place of David's repentance, of David's sacrifice. So David went up in obedience to the word that God had spoken in the name of the Lord. While Aruna was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the angel. His four sons who were with him hid themselves. Then David approached, and when Aruna looked at and saw him, he left the threshing floor and bowed down before David with his face to the ground. David said to him, let me have the site of your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord and the, that the plague on the people may be stopped. Sell it to me at full price. Aruna said to David, take it. Let my Lord the king do whatever pleases him. Look, I will give the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give all of this. But da King David replied to Aruna, No, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. So David paid Aruna 600 shekels of gold for the site. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. The Lord loved David. David was a man after God's own heart, and yet God sent him to the threshing floor to get rid of the junk that he had allowed in his heart. The threshing floor is a place of cleansing. Tonight, we are at a place of cleansing. A lot of times people don't think that they need cleansing, but the Lord is telling us tonight that we need cleansing in our lives. See, God met David at the threshing floor. See, the threshing floor is a place where God meets us. Why does God use why did God have the prophet tell David to go to a threshing floor? Because he was showing David something. He sent him to the place where the wheat and the chaff are separated, where the garbage is taken away from the wheat. This is like an illustration to David. The very place that he is told to go is a place where the garbage is taken away from the wheat. And the Lord is saying, the garbage is going to be taken away from your life, the threshing floor. See, the Lord knows our attitudes. He knows what's going on inside. He knows what we've allowed. And David had known God for a long time. You know the story. You know all the stories of David and, and the Lord and how he, from a young man, God had been with him. And he was the man after God's own heart. And this is when he's older and in a relationship with God. And yet he had allowed things to creep in. So I'm not just speaking to those of you that are young in the Lord that need to get rid of stuff, get rid of the the, the 
chaff in your life. I'm talking to some of us who are old in the Lord. That have allowed our heart to get a little cold. That allowed our, our, our spirits to get a little proud. Allowed us to get a little spiritually proud. Allowed us, you know, we know how to do the right things so we can fly under the radar. But we're not passionate anymore for the Lord. He's not our number one. He's not our heart's cry. Come on. And the Lord is calling us. You're not here by a mistake. You're not here because Pastor Lynn asked you to be here. You're here by a divine appointment because the Lord says, you know what? You have an anointing, and I'm protecting that anointing. But guess what? The chaff has to be removed from you. It's garbage. It's heaviness. It's distraction. It's compromise. And tonight's your threshing floor. Your tonight is your threshing floor. So we start there with the threshing floor. But what's interesting about the, flesh, the threshing floor, this very place, when I'm talking to you about the threshing floor, I'm not talking about different places geographically. I'm talking to you about the same place. A few years before King David was a man by the name of Abraham, and you know the story because you and I are sons and daughters of Abraham. He's the father of the faith, Abraham. And Abraham had a walk with God, and you all, many of you are familiar with the fact that God had gave him a miracle baby, and the miracle baby was the name, by the name Isaac, son that he and Sarah loved, they adored. He was the promised child, the supernatural child, and yet God asked him to go to a place called Mount Moriah and take his son, his only son Isaac, and bring him up to Moriah. To sacrifice. See, Abraham and Isaac knew all, all about sacrifices. And on the way, Isaac said, where's, where's the, the lamb? Where's the ram to be sacrificed? And Abraham, in obedience, goes up to Mount Moriah. And God speaks to Abraham when after Abraham has set the, the altar and he's placed Isaac on there. And before he kills Isaac, God speaks to him, says, do not lay your hand upon Isaac. And he shows Abraham the ram and gives him the provision. But what's going on here? What's going on on this Mount Moriah? Genesis twenty two fourteen says that this is what happens. That Abraham called the name of that place Mount Moriah. That place, Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies." That's us, by the way, because of Jesus. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. What's going on here? What's about Mount Moriah? What does that have to do with King David later on when he's at the threshing floor? Well, Mount Moriah was the place of the threshing floor that David bought. Mount Moriah was that place. And at that place with Abraham and God, it showed forth something. It was a place of God's intimacy with Abraham because God tested Abraham and said, do you love Isaac more than me? But Abraham proved to God, no, I love you more. 
It was a, 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 the place of who's your priority? What's your priority? What's your first? And Abraham made it clear by his action that God was his first. It tells us in Scripture, Hebrews eleven seventeen says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. But Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. What is he saying? Abraham had such trust, trust in God that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. And God had tested him. And God says that Abraham becomes his friend. We find that in the New Testament in James 2.23. It says this, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. This was the threshing floor. Now, this was the same place, the same geographic place that David buys later on. This is a place of God's threshing floor. I'm going to tell you that the Lord wants to be intimate with you. He wants to be closer to you. And a lot of times he comes a knocking on the things that are good in our lives, the things that are important to us. And he says, are those things more important than me? Silence. Those very blessings God has given to us, have we placed them as more important than God? And he tests us. See, the threshing floor is the place of testing. The threshing floor is the place of saying, I lay it all out for you. I lay it all down for you. Whatever you ask of me, it may have been a fulfilled promise. I have the blessings of God in my life. And the Lord says, are you willing to give back the blessing back to me? So that we can have closeness. Are you willing? He's asking for our willingness. He's testing our heart. The threshing floor is a place of cleansing like in David's life. But it's also a place of testing to see, is he number one? That's what he's doing tonight. We're at the threshing floor. You're at the threshing floor. I'm at the threshing floor. Another place, another thing, the threshing floor is, is the place of God's glory. Because this very same place, the very same place... It's a place that the temple is built. Solomon's temple is built at this very same place. The same place of Abraham's sacrifice. The same place of David's sacrifice is the place where the temple is built. And if we read what happens when the temple is built and they're dedicating the temple, 2 Chronicles 5, 11 through 14, this is the description. When the priests came out of the holy place for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves, separating themselves from everything unclean. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, with their sons and relatives clothed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres were standing at the east end of the altar and with them 120 priests blowing trumpets in unison when the trumpeters and singers were to make themselves heard with one voice praising and thanking the Lord and when they raised their voices accompanied by the trumpets and cymbals and other instruments of music and when they praised the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not remain standing to minister because of the cloud for the glory and brilliance of the Lord filled the house of God the threshing floor became the place of God's glory. 
You are at the threshing floor. You are at the place where God wants to reveal his glory to you, where he wants you to experience his glory. What is his glory? His manifest presence to you, around you, within you. The Lord wants you to know his glory, to experience his glory. Tonight, he wants you to experience his glory, his manifest presence, his supernatural presence in your life. You know, it's interesting if you go into the New Testament, this very same place, very same place, this threshing floor that Abraham had Isaac at and David was at when he was asking for forgiveness and purchased it and had an altar unto the Lord. The very same place where Solomon's temple is built, you find later on, it's the, the place where the people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. The temple area was the threshing floor. It was a place where the Holy Spirit filled believers gathered. Acts 2.46, day after day they met in the, the temple area, continuing in one mind, praising God continually, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved. The threshing floor is a place of baptism, is a place of being filled See, because baptism, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to receive his cleansing, don't we? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we got to empty ourselves and receive the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit just helps him to be closer to us. It says, are there any other gods before me? Are there any other things that are prioritized before me? The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us to release those things. That baptism of the Holy Spirit is an expression of God's glory in our lives. Tonight, the Lord wants some of you to experience his fullness in this way. The baptism. Some of you are afraid of that because you're like, well, I don't want to be out of control. But the Lord says, I want to give all the... All of me for all of you. It's a good exchange. It's not even an equal exchange, by the way. (laughs) You're getting the better deal. (laughs) You're getting the better deal. All of me for all of you. But in order for that to happen, it's all of you, by the way. It's all of you, by the way. No holding back. From the top of your head to the sole of your feet, this is a place of the threshing floor that the Lord has for us tonight. You are the place and the threshing floor. The place where the merging of the cleansing, the place of the merging of the intimacy, the place of the merging of God's glory comes. And in baptism, we experience him in that way and to, or, or to walk in it. But you know what's interesting? The Lord also does something that has to do with the threshing floor that's more maybe symbolic. That has to do with the threshing floor for our faith, for our faith. It's interesting because the Lord allows the refinement of our faith. And, and the truth is this, sometimes we don't want the intimacy and the cleansing and the baptism because we are really struggling in our faith. And the Lord allows us to go through a time where our faith has a, 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 a testing, a testing where he is allowing the chaff 
that's trying to smother our faith to be removed. He is allowing that testing. It's interesting because as you came in, you saw the banners that said, I believe. And the scripture that is our theme scripture, it has to do with a story found in Mark chapter 9. It's a story of a man, a father, who has a demon-possessed son. And many of you know this story. But it sounds like this son has been demon-possessed since he was a young child. And in this story, if you read it, you find that the problem is that the disciples cannot cast out the demon. It says here in Mark chapter 9, verse 17, well, 14, it says, When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to meet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Now, this is going to be an emphasis. The disciples could not do it. But I'm going to tell you they should have been able to do it. And I'm going to show you why. Verse 19, why does Jesus say, you unbelieving generation? He, that is a very harsh thing to say, but he has a reason for saying it. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Who is he talking to, you unbelieving generation? He's talking to his disciples, actually, because they should have known better. And I'm going to show you why. So they brought him when the Spirit saw Jesus immediately throw, threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind comes out by prayer. Let's look at this closely. Let's look at it closely. Why did Jesus call them an unbelieving generation? You have three groups of people here. You have Jesus. You have the Father and the Son. And you have the disciples. And what's the situation? The, the situation is this. The Father has come for his Son to be delivered, and the disciples can't do it. That's what Jesus enters in on. That's the problem here. But the fact is this, they should have been able to do it because they had already been empowered. If you look at the chapters prior, the story, the chapters be before this story, the trajectory that brings us to the story, the disciples had already been empowered to cast out the demons. You see... He had already appointed the 12 disciples to cast out demons by his authority. Mark 3, 13 verse through 15 says this. 
He went up to the mountain and called to him those whom he had wanted, and they came to him, and he appointed the twelve whom he also named apostles to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message and to what? Have authority to cast out demons. They had already been given his authority. So that's chapter 3 of Mark, of Mark, and this story that we've told when they can't cast out the demon is Mark chapter 9. See, these disciples have witnessed Jesus casting out demons. They have listened to Jesus' teachings. They have seen Jesus heal men and women. They have seen Jesus raise a girl from the dead. They have seen Jesus feed the 5,000 and the 4,000. They have seen Jesus cause a deaf man to hear. They have seen Jesus do these things. Jesus has already sent them out on a missions trip two by two. Mark chapter 6, verse 6 says this. Then he went out among the villages teaching. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over their unclean spirits. What? Gave them authority over unclean spirits. Verse 12. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The disciples have a resume here. And yet they come to a place where they can't do it. There's something preventing them. There's something blocking them. There's something in them. But we got to keep looking at the trajectory of the story here. Because in Mark chapter 8, remember the story that they can't cast out the demon is in Mark chapter 9. So we look at Mark chapter 8 because the book of Mark, the gospel writer of Mark, he is, he is telling us something. He's showing us a, a trajectory. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus has a discussion with them. A discussion about what causes them to be powerless. What causes them not to see what he, they need to see spiritually. Mark chapter 8 verse 14 says this. Now, the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread. This was right after Jesus had fed the 5,000. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the yeast of Herod. They said to one another, It is because we have no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said to them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and fail to see? Do you have ears and fail to hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? They answered 12. And the seven for the 4,000. How many basket full of pieces did you collect? And they they said to him, seven. Then he said to them, do you not understand what's going on? They have allowed it. What does he first say? Watch out for the yeast of Herod. In other words, watch out for the, the seeds of the world going into your mindset. Because when you do, you become blind. You become deaf. You become hard-hearted. Because what happens when you do that, then when you come up to the next little boy that needs to be delivered, you can't do it. Because you've allowed Something to compromise the way that you think. See, you got to believe. Why does Jesus say, oh, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? Because the most important thing is that they believe. That they believe your faith is built when you believe. So when they arrived to deliver this boy, 
now a young man, they're unable to do so. And Jesus is concerned. Why? Because he knows he's going to leave with them the mission of the kingdom. <laughs> he's, he's already said, I've given you authority. I sent you out. I'm doing all these things. And now there's another test, you know. He's getting them ready because his goal is to leave them the things of the kingdom. But I want to say we can look at these disciples and we can see how they don't have the faith or maybe they're allowing the, the, the yeast of Herod. Well, we can call it the yeast of this world, our culture, our things in our culture to get in our heads and cause us not to believe. Because I'm going to tell you the same authority that Jesus gave his disciples that same authority that he delegated to his disciples to cast out demons, he has given to you. He has given to you. <laughs> so we can all point our finger at those disciples. But what about you? What about me? What about in 2022? Are we walking in that power that Jesus has given to us? But the clue is this. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus has said, has your heart hardened because you have the yeast of Herod in your head, the seeds of the world in the head, causing you to look. See, he could tell because what was their discussion? They were talking about physical bread. They thought it was all about the physical. They thought it was all about what they could see physically. And Jesus was saying, no, it's not about what you see physically. It's about what's going on spiritually. Don't you know? Don't you see? Too many Christians fighting things in the physical realm with the attitudes of the world, in the ways of the world. And that's never how we fight. You know it. You know it. But yet, have we allowed ourselves to become powerless like the disciples? You unbelieving generation, he calls them. Do you see and hear what the Lord is doing? Let me go back. Do you hear and see what the Lord is doing? Or have you forgotten See, the thing is this, this story in Mark chapter 9 is all about addressing the doubt, addressing, addressing the unbelief. Jesus begins by addressing it to his disciples, but then he goes to the Father. See, the second group, the other group. Mark chapter 9, 20, verse 24 Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. But Jesus doesn't do anything yet. <laughs> He's like this guy. He's like foaming. <laughs> Jesus, what does he do? He turns to the boy's father. How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But see, Jesus is interviewing. Do you see? Jesus is interviewing the Father. But if you can do anything, see, because why is Jesus doing it? He's figuring out, where's your, where's your faith at? Where's your faith at? You know what? Talk to somebody or talk about your problem long enough, and people can determine where your faith is. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, when you're all in this Christian atmosphere, but I'm talking when you're all like on the phone with somebody and you're on complaining about it. You know what I'm saying, right? And where your faith is. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's interviewing this guy. But if you can do anything, 
if anything, I mean, I'll take, I'll take anything at this point. I'm pretty desperate, and this is, you're my last, you know, resort. Take pity on us and help us. And Jesus' response, because he, remember, the, 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 the young adult is rolling around foaming, right? And Jesus is talking to the father. It's like the worst case scenario in Walmart. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Parents, we know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, somebody wants to have a talk with you and your kids rolling around. You know what I mean? Making a mess. And, and actually, in the context, the crowds are watching. The crowds are disturbed by this. The crowds are a little afraid of this kid. You know, I've been afraid of a few kids myself. So I can understand the situation. But Jesus' goal is this. Where is this man's faith? Because he confronts the man's doubt. That's what Jesus, the greater healing is this, is not the demon leaving. That's easy. We're going to confront where your faith is. Because you know what? A lot of times we want the demon to leave, but where is your faith? Is it in me? If I can. If you can. See, the miracle is in the heart of the Father. Everything is possible for one who believes. See, that's what the threshing floor is about. Let's get back to the threshing floor here. See, this was a threshing floor for the father because he was cleansing the father. Before he ever got to the cleansing of the boy, he was cleansing the father because the greater concern for Jesus was the man's belief. See, Jesus wants us to believe. Everything is possible. For one who believes. And Jesus is pulling the Father's faith. He's pulling the Father's belief into the area of the Father's doubt. Let me say this again. He's pulling the Father's belief into the area of the Father's doubt. How is doubt healed? It's healed by taking your belief and moving it to fill the space of your doubt. Come on, do you get that? Do I need to say it again? Because the doubt isn't supposed to remain. That's what Jesus does. He causes the, the faith, the belief to expand so that the doubt dissipates. Because the Lord is not pleased with our doubt. See, he wants it. And tonight, some of us, we live with the harbored doubt. Oh, maybe not in every area of our life. Maybe not in some areas of our life, but there are some things where we, we don't really believe that the impossible can become possible. We don't really believe what Jesus declared in this scripture. Everything is possible for one who believes. What did Jesus say? Everything is possible for the one who believes. What did he say? Everything. Everything. Not some things. Some things. And then when you get to heaven. No, he said everything is possible for the one who believes. Tonight at the threshing floor, some of you have harbored doubt, and you think it's okay. For whatever reason, maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's unfulfilled dreams or unfulfilled promises, and you think that that harbored doubt is okay, and Jesus is saying, no, everything is possible for the one who believes. And I want you to take your belief and put it into the place of your doubt. Tonight, the Lord wants to bring you to the threshing floor. The place of replacing your doubt with faith. 
Replacing your doubt. See, this is the thing. When you're able to replace your doubt with faith, then you can do miraculous things for the Lord. Too many Christians walking in doubt, harboring doubt, secret doubt, thinking it's okay. But I'm going to say the Lord is not pleased with that. James 1. Let's get to James. You know, James hard hitting. James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways see you can't believe that everything is possible with God if you are harboring doubt that's what scripture says but let him ask in faith with no doubting Hebrews eleven six 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, I'm going to say the threshing floor is a place where the Lord is testing our faith, but he's also causing our belief to expand into the area of our doubts. See, when we are, when God's growing your faith, when God's growing in your faith, he's allowing your faith to be tested. That's how God grows our faith. You have, if you want God to grow your faith, then he's going to allow you to be tested and experience some disappointments. Why? So that you have to believe without seeing. So that you don't necessarily get immediate results. You have to have a persevering faith when you have to say, you know what? Even though I have not yet seen it, I still believe. That's a persevering faith. That's what grows your faith. Sometimes people think what grows my faith is an immediate result. Well, no, it doesn't actually. What grows your faith is when there's a delayed response by God and you have to continue to exercise your faith. Oh, and we don't like that. Actually, it's hard. That's a flesh thing. It's hard because I want God to do it right now when I ask him to do it. But the truth is this. If God is not doing it right now for you, he's doing something. He is exercising your faith and causing it to grow and to be stronger. Let's look at that. The disciples. It's interesting. The disciples, Jesus does this. It's interesting. He does this in preparation for the cross. He's, he's going to give them a little clue that their faith is going to be tested because of the cross that he faces. Because none of the disciples actually really believe that Jesus is going to be crucified. They think that this is time for kingdom and they're part of this kingdom. But the way that Jesus is going to bring the kingdom about is very different than what their expectations are. And we find that because their response to the cross comes into a lot of things. You find people. Peter denying Jesus, and you find the other disciples hiding because their faith is being tested. Luke 22, 28 through 30, it says this. This is Jesus. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. This is Jesus saying to the disciples, and I confer on you a kingdom. Yay! 
just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So Jesus is telling them they're going to be part of the kingdom, but they don't know how that's going to come about. They have their views. They have their ways. You know what? A lot of times when we get a word from the Lord, we have the way in which we think God's going to bring that about. And a lot of times it's smooth sailing. Oh, God's going to bring about that prophetic word. Oh, it's smooth sailing. That's how I'm going to get that prophetic word. And that's actually how the disciples were thinking. Verse 31, we find Jesus telling Simon Peter something. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Come on, we're back to the threshing floor, right? But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Now this context is this, that Jesus has just told the, his disciples about serving, about leadership, and he has modeled to them to be taking the, the towel of a servant and washing the feet. And he has told them that they have stood by him during the trials, but he's also telling them even in the midst of that they're going to inherit the kingdom, he's telling them, guess what? Your faith will be shaken. To have your faith sifted like we, what do we go back to? We go back to the threshing floor. Your faith, the chaff that you have around your faith is going to go. You may think that your faith don't have any chaff, but I'm telling you, your faith does have chaff. Peter didn't think his faith had chaff until he got around the campfire and Jesus was on the cross and the little girl comes to him and he denies Jesus. His faith had chaff. And Jesus was getting rid of it. He was allowing it to happen. The cross caused the testing of their faith. Did you hear me? The cross caused the testing of their faith. And you know what? Some of the crosses that we bear, the pain that we suffer, the things that we see in suffering, it causes a testing of our faith. Causes the chaff. It says, do you believe, even though this bad situation exists, even though you don't know how things are going to come out in this, and you pray for, prayed for different results, you prayed that, that this wouldn't happen, and yet things still are the same. It's an unexpected circumstance. It's an unexpected result. Still, do you believe in me? See, that's the threshing floor. See, when the Lord is maturing your faith, he's allowing it to be sifted like wheat. And we do fine with the disciples. They do. You find Simon Peter, he denies. You find Judas who commits suicide. And you find the other ones harbored out, afraid. And yet, at the same time, the beauty of this is that Jesus said, you know what? I prayed for you. I prayed for you. That your faith would remain. That it would be strengthened. See, Jesus is your intercessor. I want you to know Jesus still is your intercessor. And in your faith trials, him growing your faith, he's prayed for you. He's prayed for you. But you know what? you got to receive the threshing floor. you got to let the chaff leave your faith. So many times you listen. This isn't Christian Disneyland. Jesus didn't leave the, the, the what's the, king, the kingdom? The magic kingdom. He left the kingdom of God. 
Too many Christians have the idea that it's the magic kingdom. And we all live happily ever after together. And all of these types of things. But he didn't leave the magic kingdom. He left the kingdom of God. And we need to receive even when he is testing our faith. Allowing that. But he's our intercessor. And he wants you to know. You know, it's interesting. Because the disciples will get it. Their testing of their faith will happen. But they will get it. They will understand. They will have become the people, the men of God that is needed for the assignment. And how do they do that? How does that happen? Well, on the day of Pentecost, when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. After they've tarried for 10 days, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And who stands up? Peter. The same guy that couldn't even stand up to a little girl now stands up to thousands and proclaims because he had the testing of his faith. And you find that all of the disciples are used by God in powerful ways, none of them denying him, none of them hiding out anymore, all of them functioning in signs, wonders, and miracles. The same disciples that could not cast the demon out of that little boy, now taking the power of God and the authority of God to the nations, so did such a good job that you're here today. You're here today, but I'm going to tell you that now you're to do a good job as well. But it comes also through the testing of your faith. The testing of your faith. You know, we're at the threshing floor. Rebecca, come on up here. We're at the threshing floor right now. You're at the threshing floor. This isn't a sermon. This is a prophetic word to you. This isn't, oh, what a great message. I think I'll preach it someday. This is, Lord, I'm at your threshing floor. What is it that you want to cleanse? What is it that you want to do in my life to draw me closer to you? Is there anything that is in the way? Is there any priorities that are off? Lord, how do you want to show forth your glory in my life, your manifest presence in my life? Lord, do I need to be baptized again in the Holy Spirit? Oh, Pastor Lynn, I was baptized when I was seven and a half. Boy, was it a great experience. Boy, was it a great moment. You know what? Are you baptized? Not Have you been baptized? Are you baptized? Are you walking in the fullness? Because I'm going to say, we cheer on the disciples at the day of Pentecost, but why could they walk in power and authority? Why could Peter stand up and speak forth? Why could they give their lives? Why could they have blind men see? Why could they do that? Because they were full of the Spirit. Anthony, can you turn down these lights over here? Turn them down. Turn them off. Jesus. See? 
I believe, Jesus. Some of you, you live with way too much doubt. It's your threshing floor moment. David was sent to the threshing floor. I will not offer up God something that costs me nothing. I'm telling you, the threshing floor cost. All of me for all of you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want you just to stand for right now. See, oh, that you would have the impact of this word to you personally. It's not a sermon. It's a word to you. It's, it's Jesus face to face. It's Jesus' breath on you. You're at my threshing floor, but at my threshing floor is the place of my glory. At my threshing floor is the place of my intimacy with you. At my threshing floor is the place of your cleansing. I don't cleanse you to weaken you. I cleanse you to empower you. I cleanse you to strengthen you. But you got to let go. Jesus. Let go. Some of us, we got to get our minds cleansed. we got too much world in there. Too much world, the, the ways of the world, the thoughts of the world, the seeds of the world. And we're so double-minded all the time. We're so confused all the time. And we really lack faith because we have the leaven of Herod. We have the seed. We eat the bread of the world. And it causes our hearts to be hardened to Jesus. It causes our, our ears to be deaf to his voice. It causes us not to see with his eyes. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to hear him. He wants us to see him. He wants us to show forth his power, his love to the world. Nobody's going to pray for you tonight. Not right now. You're going to spend time with Jesus. You're going to be saturated in Jesus right now. Some of you. Right now, I just want you to get alone with God. If that means sitting on the ground, if that means sitting in your pew. But what I don't want, I don't want you distracted. I don't want you talking to somebody. I want you to get alone with God. If you need to get one of these blankets, get it down. I want you to get alone with God right now because you're at the threshing floor. This is just between you and him right now. Just between you and him. He's looking at you face to face. Some of you, you're testing, you're having a faith test right now. And it's just, it's, it's bothering you. It's, it, you, you know, some of you believe that your faith test is because you're doing something wrong. No, your faith test is because God is strengthening and expanding and enlarging your faith. Don't be afraid of the faith test. God is on the other side of that. He's pleased. Continue to believe. And right now, you got to work that out in you right now. That faith test. 
you're feeling like your faith is being sifted, and it is being sifted, but it's for the, your empowerment. It's for your empowerment. God has something on the other side, just like he had something on the other side for the disciples. He has something on the other side of your faith test right now. But you got to work it out. The Lord does not want you to leave this place not having it worked out with Him. He wants you to work it out with Him right now. You need to talk it out with Him. You need to pray it out with Him. You need to receive what He has for you right now. His Word. He's sending His Word to you right now. To your mind right now. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, empty yourself. Empty yourself right now. Come on. It's between you and him. Don't leave this place. You're at a pivotal point. This is a, this is a divine appointment for you. This is a pivotal moment. This is between you and Jesus. It's pivotal. He's telling me it's pivotal. You think it's just, oh, we get to go to the thirst conference, or I have to be here, or whatever. It does. But you know what? It's pivotal. It's divinely pivotal for you. going to set you on a path what goes on at the threshing floor is going to set you on a path disciples you've been around Jesus a lot and you know him but your heart's getting a little hard and the Lord's like you know what I want to soften your heart renew your passion for me renew your passion for the assignment I've given to you I don't want you having a hard heart a calloused heart a, a bored heart. He's like, I want you to have a passion for me, to return to your first love, to love me like when it was new for you. just what he does for you but who he is who he is Jesus Jesus saturate us Lord saturate us Lord 
That was the message in tongues. And there's an interpretation for that. That's for the body. My children, I'm calling you close to me. I'm calling you close to me to, so that I may hold you close to my bosom. I'm calling you close to me so that you can know me in a way that you've never would have known me before. I'm calling you close to me so that you can be drawn closer to me and as I'm drawn closer to you, we will become one. I'm calling you to a place of intimacy with me. I'm calling you to a place where your spirit and my spirit will be woven together as one. Calling you a place where you will know me and I will know you, and you will know the mind of God. I'm calling you to me so that you can draw near to me and I will draw near to you. I'm calling you close to me because you are far from me now. I'm calling you close to me because I love you. I'm calling you close to me so that you will be by me and I will be by you everywhere you go. Do not fear, my child. Do not fear for the intimacy that I want to have with you. Do not fear to the things that I want to show you in the spirit realm that you don't think you can understand or you can handle. But know that I love you and I care for you and that's why I'm drawing you near to me. I want you to respond to that word right now. That word's for us. That's words for this, this group. That's, a, that's the gift of tongues and interpretation to the body, one of the gifts listed in Corinthians as a gift to the body. And I want us just to respond and say, yes, Lord, we receive this word. We want to draw near to you. There's some of you in this room, I just felt like actually that before the tongues and interpretation came that gift, I felt like the direction that we're supposed to go. And it was funny because the Lord just said, wait, I got something first. And so I waited. And Lord said, for some of you, it's your night for the baptism of the Spirit. I want some of my prayer team members, if you can come over here, prayer team members available. If you're saying, you know what? See, the gift of tongues and interpretation, that's for the body. That's one kind. But the Lord has given every person the gift, a heavenly language that's personal for them, for their prayer language. And if you don't have that, if you've never been baptized or you have been baptized a long time ago and you haven't been walking in it, the threshing floor is the place of his baptism. And so prayer teams over here, they'll raise their hands. You'll see them. They're gathering over. If that's you and you want to be prayed with, listen, it's time for you. It's time for you. Don't be afraid. Go over there. This is your day. This is your moment. Go over there and be prayed with. The rest of you, you continue to spend time with the Lord. The Lord has a different thing for you, has a different assignment for you right now. If you're already baptized, if you have faith for it, listen, you got to believe God has it for you. Nobody's going to convince you. you got to believe. It's your faith as you go over there and prayed for. If the Lord's speaking to your heart, you go over and get prayed with right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, 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 Holy Spirit. 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 Draw 
draw your people to the heart of Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, Jesus, nothing else will do. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Jesus, 
It's all about you, Jesus. 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 There's somebody in this room, maybe one or two people, maybe more, that you are, even right now, you're like having such tension in your mind. You're having tension in your mind. You're having a battle in your mind right now. And um, the Lord wants to free you from that. You're being, maybe, maybe you've struggled with being like attacked in your mind, in mindsets. And the Lord says, I want to give you peace over your mind. You're struggling with having peace of mind, maybe even sleep, connected to sleep. And the Lord wants you to be free tonight from that. He paid for your peace. He paid that you no longer have this like battle that's going on in your mind. And if that's you, I want you to come up. Shelly, can you pray for whoever that will be? If that's you, come on up. If that word is for you, come on up. Don't be afraid to come up. Get up. Let's get your peace. Get what Jesus paid for right now. Come on. Come on. You know who you are. Come on. Come on. Come on. He doesn't send his word for no reason. There's a reason. Mom and Dad, can you come up and pray too? Thanks. We're gonna we're gonna take this down right now. He's paid for it for you. He paid for it for you. We're having more prayer team members coming, praying for it. He's gonna break it off tonight. Peace, shalom, shalom. The tension. Whatever reason it may be, he's going to break it off. Michelle, come on up and pray. Please. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Rebecca, could you pray for some of these ladies too? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. The Lord paid for this. He paid for your peace. Come on. He paid for your peace. He is your peace. He paid for your peace. He don't want you to have tortured mind. He doesn't want you to have an open door. He doesn't want you to have sleepless nights. He wants you to have his shalom, his peace. He doesn't want you to have tension in your head right now. He wants you to have his peace. Lord, we just proclaim your peace. This is what you paid for. This is what your blood bought. It belongs to them. It's your promise. All of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. And to it we say amen. We agree. We agree with your promise of peace, Lord Jesus, over their minds right now. Calm the storm right now. Calm the storms. Holy Spirit. Calm the storm. 
Spirit flow right now. You're so precious. You're so good. You're so gentle. You're full of love. You are the spirit of love. You are the spirit of love. You are true love. You're not false love. You're not a God of judgment. You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of mercy. You're a God of grace. You're fully, completely love, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord is saying to some people sitting in these pews right now, take my hand. Take my hand. I got an adventure for you. Take my hand. And you're afraid to do it. And the Lord is saying, you can trust me. The Lord is saying, I'll be gentle with you. The Lord is saying, I'll be patient with you. Take my hand. Take my hand. Somebody in this room, the Lord is reaching out his hand to you. Come and say, come on. We're going to do this. We're going to do this together. Take my hand. Don't be afraid. Don't pull back. Don't refuse me. Take my hand I'm not going to make you stand I'm not going to make you respond but what I want you to do if that word is for you I want you to respond to him right now I want you to personally respond to him right now Breath of God, breathe life, life. 
Given you hope, He's given you hope, and these three remain faith, hope, and love. He's given you faith, He's given you hope, He's given you love. You can walk in your faith, you can walk in that hope, you can walk in that love. It's not too hard for you. Your mountain will come down. Keep believing me, Jesus says. Keep speaking to that mountain. It will be removed. Take my hand. Take my hand. We're in this together. You're not alone. Take my hand. Jesus, we take your hands. Oh,
want you to know that what the Holy Spirit has began tonight is going to continue tomorrow. And in the morning at 10 a.m., Shelly Roberts is going to be speaking a powerful message that's going to bring freedom to many people. Do not miss this. It's at 10 o'clock. There's plenty enough time for you to sleep in. Do not miss this message at 10. You're, you're going to wish you were here if you miss it. So please don't miss it. And there's going to be powerful time tomorrow. Pastor David has a message. And then we're going to have a commissioning service. 9 a.m. is breakfast. If you need breakfast. If not, you can just get your coffee and come before. Uh, and uh, but just be here at 10. God has powerful things tomorrow. God has something for you. 2022 is a grand adventure for your life with him. He has greater things for you. What the world says can't happen, the Lord says going to happen in your life. So I want you to commit to tomorrow to be here. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We receive everything that you have, Lord. No resistance. Yes. We receive what you have, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord. Just give him some thanks right now. We don't want to just take. We want to give back thanks to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Once again, breakfast is at 9. 10 o'clock service starts. Do not miss. God has a powerful word tomorrow morning.